Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, hockey, recruiting. Uh, We have not been meeting weekly like we normally do because I have been traveling uh, to, to New York, to Wichita, to Los Angeles, and I'll I'll be going to San Antonio. We did want to get a quick general check-in because we, we do have a lot of people who really like the podcast, and, and so we'll toss some questions around. It's probably going to be shorter, hopefully shorter, because we are also uh, confined to the availability at the WTKA MDEN Studios, uh, which obviously we're very grateful to have them here. But, but we're going to talk basketball, and we, we obviously take some user questions. Uh, but first, I want to I wanna get, I guess, your guys' thoughts. I'm, I'm Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz and Isaiah Hole on the phone with me. You can always read our stuff. We write a lot more than we do podcasts at themichiganinsider.com, 247sports.com slash Michigan. But for Steve and Isaiah, I guess you, I, I've, I've written quite a bit about what it's what it's like in the locker room, what it's like at the games. Your thoughts on, on this run, I guess contextualizing it, I mean, you, you can compare it to the other teams. You can compare it to other programs. I mean, what is what has stood out to you? They're now 8-0 in the postseason. Uh, they've beaten six NCAA tournament teams. They've won 13 in a row. I mean, they really, you know, there's a lot said about they haven't played a top-five seed, and that's merited. But this Michigan really looks like, you know, a top. I mean, they look like a legitimate Final Four team, and they have really since that ugly loss at Northwestern. Uh, Steve, I guess I'll let you go first. What it, what stood out to you about this run? So last podcast, didn't we pick, like, who's the one player that would, like, spur yeah. the tournament run? And I picked Charles Matthews, did okay. I, didn't I? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel good about, about that choice right now as the West region's most, was it, outstanding player. Yep, yep. 16 and um, a half points. 7.3 rebounds, I think, in the tournament so far. And his, his usual strong defense. And more importantly, because we've talked a lot about Matthews this year, he's basically, I'm not going to say eliminated, but most for, most for the most part has eliminated those kind of head-scratching yeah, only two turn Only two turnovers this weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's... I think if he keeps if he keeps playing the way he did, did against... You say Montana, he was the key player. And then I think against Florida State, obviously, I think he was the key player yeah. as well. Dropped a casual 17 against A&M, too. So. Right. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, he was really quietly, you know, the A&M game obviously was a blowout. But really, every time A&M started to kind of make a run in the second half, he was kind of the guy that kind of put it back out of reach. Uh, he was kind of the bridge there in the second half, you know, after they shot the lights out in the first half. So, if he keeps playing the way he does, I, I mean, I think it easily win this thing. I mean, I, he gives them just such a different dynamic. Uh, you know, he's shooting all right from the outside. He's getting in the lane. I mean, he's making a lot of those baskets that we saw him put in early in the season. Uh, you know, I just – he's playing – it's it's obvious he's playing his best ball of the season. So, um, the run, though, I mean, I picked him to go to the Final Four, which is – You did? Not – Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we we did the round table. I said they were fine. I said they were one of the final four. Oh. So um, I'm not necessarily like shocked. I guess. I mean, the the road to get there was a little bit different. I think obviously than we all envisioned. But I just 
and you know, I know a lot of stories have been written about it, but it's just it's an easy way thing to point out. It's just their versatility in winning game and how they can win. I think has just been it's been their calling card on this winning streak, and it's continued in this tournament. Um, you know, I think I think Houston was basically a four four playing like a three or four seed. Yeah, I don't think yeah, that's I thought, fair. I thought that was a uh, one of the stiffer second round tests that any team got in the tournament. Uh, you know, and they passed that and then, you know, A&M kind of felt the wrath of what the upside of what this team is capable mm-hmm. of. So, you know, and we, I think many of us who have covered the team or been around there or, or watch or whatever, I think we expected them to have a t- that type of performance they had against A&M at some point, <laughs> as long as they survived, uh, just because we know Really, you know, they've shot the ball poorly in three of the four games. And yeah, they're still terribly. Yeah. You know, they're they're still here. You know, and so um, it's it's been it's been impressive. Um, I would not taking Loyola lightly, but I, I would expect them to win that game. I, I don't, you know, I I don't know who they would prefer to see between Villanova and Kansas. I would guess Kansas. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, but. You know, it's it's been magical, man. I mean, I gotta say this not to to put on my Homer hat for a second. I'm really happy for John Beeline. I think uh, with everything that's gone on in college basketball this year, I think it I think it'd be poetic justice if Michigan won the national championship. Uh, with everything that's gone on as far as the FBI, uh, all the stuff that I think most people know happens behind the scenes, but nobody ever gets punished for it. Uh, I think it'd be poetic justice of sorts if you know Beeline could win his first national championship. So um, going to be interesting to see. Uh, but, you know, biggest thing for me has been, has obviously been the reemergence, I guess, of Charles Matthews and really just the fact that they've won three of these four games with their star players, just not playing even close to the level they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been, you know, and I know, you know, I'm, we're talking strictly offensively, obviously the defense has been a constant, uh, you know, but offensively, which is, kind of always been the driver behind Michigan runs in the tournament. Uh, you know, like I said, I think they could easily win this whole thing if, if say, yeah. Wagner or Rockman get get on a hot streak here uh, in San Antonio. Yeah. Isaiah, how about you? Yeah, basically all of that uh, pretty pretty much nailed all of it. Uh, yeah, way to go, yeah. Steve. Stole everything. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and to, to that latter point, you know, even Duncan Robinson, that last game, you know, against Florida State, I I always are on, I'm on our boards and our live thread, count, you know, counting until Duncan Robinson hits his requisite six since Michigan is undefeated. I discovered that stat, points. by the way. I don't, not enough people credit me for it. I was the first one to come well, up with that 11 wins I ago. You, I don't know if you deserve it now that you're, uh, you're touting it so much. I have but, to. Uh, it gets stolen too much. <laughs> it does actually it gets stolen a lot um but you know just but you know they haven't even had you know except for that you know sorry that texas a&m game they just really haven't had the uh they haven't had you know guys like him just you know lighting it up uh i mean he's he's played his role especially defensively i mean he's played amazingly defensively which is what made it even more confounding with uh some of the commentator comments which i know you weren't privy to zach but uh but they uh <laughs> I think it was Reggie Miller said during the uh, during the broadcast that uh, Duncan Robinson and uh, John Teske have been liabilities on the defensive end as of late. 
and uh, that was a head scratcher uh, mm-hmm. because Duncan, yeah. particularly, well, both of them really. I mean, they played phenomenally on the defensive end, but I still liken this run the way you know the way I've likened this team in general, which is they remind me a lot of that 0304 Pistons team. They're clamping down on the defensive end. You you almost don't even have that you know that gut feeling you know that knot in your stomach that set, you know says like all right they're going to score a, you know a two or a three here and that you know now we've got to try to match it on the offensive end you don't have that what really you, you just have that feeling like they're going to clamp down and whatever you know if, if the other team makes it they'll have earned it and you just you know you you look at it like all right is Michigan going to be able to clamp down enough to stay ahead of it offensively while they're struggling but at the same time because guys like Charles Matthews have been the one to to step up uh, it, they really could hurt you in, in any which way offensively I mean it and it, we've even seen that in the tournament even though they haven't been that good offensively in, you know whether it be late shots made by Duncan Robinson down the stretch uh, like we saw this last game Jordan Poole at the end of the the Houston game uh, Xavier Simpson, you know, still managing to find ways to get inside, even though at the, the outset of the tournament, he did not seem to be looking for that shot, which seemed kind of inexplicable. Didn't seem to be really trying to go off on the dribble drive, uh, whether it be to score or to, to kick it back out. Uh, but you're seeing that again. Still haven't really seen that, that big performance from Wagner. Uh, he's been, he's been decent, but he hasn't been. Uh, what we saw like in the Big Ten tournament or in the big games against like Michigan State during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman's had his moments, but he still hasn't, he hasn't been quite the offensive uh, performer became late in the season and in the Big Ten tournament. So, but they, you're still seeing that there's, there's really not one guy. You, you can, you can, you can choose to take Wagner out all you want but another guy can step up and will step up. And that's, that's the, the thing that really reminds me of the Pistons because it was that same thing. You know, you could, you could take, you could take rip out of the game all you want. I mean, you really weren't taking rip Hamilton out of those games. He was still going to score. It's kind of, I, I would liken that kind of to Charles Matthews in a way, uh, even though that's Matthews is kind of a little bit more, that's more positionally and Matthews kind of, uh, he's a different kind of shooting guard, of course. And, He's kind of it's kind of dependent on what he's decided he's going to be able to do in a in a way mentally. If you catch my drift there, yep. Uh, but otherwise, it was like you know with that O three or four Pistons team, it was very similar. Yeah. You know, you, you could you could choose to take one player out of the game, but Chauncey could get you, Ben Wallace could get you, Rashid could get you, Tayshon could get you. Same thing with this team, and it's I think the thing that's been so so impressive as well is. Going into this season, we didn't look at this Michigan team as being one that had a bench. And you're getting, you're getting, you know, three to four guys off that bench that are making a big difference. Some of us looked at it. Some of us did. Some of us noticed who was on the bench. All right, I think we've had enough tooting our own horns here. (laughs) Good jeez, man. uh, But. You know, in general, it really wasn't looked at as Michigan having a deep bench because there was a lot of unknowns on the bench. You know, you had, yeah, at that time, Robinson was considered a starter, but you didn't, you know, we didn't know going into the season that Livers was going to end up supplanting him. And we didn't know that Jordan Poole was going to end up becoming the player he became, especially considering what we had heard coming out of uh, out of camp. 
uh, how he, the game was kind of struggling to, to find him at the college level early. Uh, Tessie, we all kind of hoped to see this out of him, but early on in the season, we hadn't seen it yet. He still seems kind of soft and tentative. And now we're seeing the, you know, a player that is assertive. Uh, Jaron Simmons has finally come on late. So it's, all in all, it's it's just been it's been an incredible incredible journey thus far. We'll, no matter what happens, I do think that they'll I do think they'll take care of business against Loyola. I just think that they're I just think that they have more going on. Uh, I think Loyola is the, the most complete team they'll face uh, have faced to this point. Michigan uh, is most complete. Floor. Well, y- yes, but I'm saying Loyola is the most team that Mich- the most complete team on both ends of the floor that Michigan will have faced. Even if, even though the Ken Palm numbers don't necessarily back that up, based off of how they've done on the tournament and what we've seen from Loyola on the tournament, I think that'll be the this will be the biggest test for sure. But I think Michigan will be up to the challenge. Okay. Well, we'll talk about Loyola, Michigan in a second. Just some just some thoughts, and and I think you guys both touched on it. The defense. Uh, that has really stood out to me because, I mean, there have been, you know, Montana went almost like a quarter of the game without making a shot. And Florida State went about a fifth of the game making one shot. And, you know, for all the talk about how Michigan's struggling to make threes, because I think they're around 30%, maybe 33%. It's 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 been a struggle this tournament, even with that A&M game to kind of pad some of the stats. Opponents are shooting 26% from three against Michigan. And Michigan was already good at limiting how many three-point attempts you were going to take because it was it was less open. And now even the shots that the teams are trying to take are contested enough and being run off enough that they're not going in. And, you know, as for Matthews, talked about it today, uh, you know, and I had a story on it. I mean, he was a guy that Mi- Michigan really had not, Beeline had really not, he gives a little bit of an individualized, you know, private lesson almost after practices to players who need them. Usually that's reserved for freshmen, bench players, newcomers. Well, Matthews kind of got skipped because last season he was on the scout team. It was nothing personal. He wasn't going to give him those private lessons. And then this season he comes out and he's averaging 15 points a game in his first few games. So he wasn't like the top priority. Well, when he struggled and there were, there I called it the petulant part of the fan base. But we all know which part of this this is. Uh, you know, it's the it's the every the backup quarterback's the best guy. They were ready to bench him. Well, he sat down with him, worked on his free throw shooting. He's shooting 69% from the free throw line since then, and he worked on little things like how he pivots, how he gets to the rim, kind of slowing the game down as far as not taking some of those fidgety steps. So that's I mean, and I think that's a really strong epitome of what's going on with these Wolverines is that it's a lot of players getting better. I think every player that played on Saturday, you could say is better than they were one month, two months, three months, four months ago. And I do think teams are keying in on Muhammad and Mo a little bit more. So that's part of why their numbers are down, but you know, everyone's getting better. And as Steve mentioned, they, they, they can win in so many different ways uh, I had the stat on Sunday. They have seven wins this season where they score one point per possession or fewer, or fewer than a point per possession. In John Beeline's first 10 years with the program, they had 12 such wins. I mean, that's a that's the difference between being a three seed this season and being an eight seed or a nine seed and kind of looking at maybe 
uh, second weekend being like a long shot. So, so yeah, I mean, they, they just, I mean, I've heard the phrase find a way from their players like a thousand times this year, but they keep doing it. And I, I will talk about this matchup now. Loyola, Chicago, Loyola's got, they're, they're very much a find a way team. They've won a bunch of one possession games, close games. You know, I, I don't agree with Isaiah that they're the most complete team that Michigan has faced. I think uh, I think they've faced a lot more talented teams. I think they've faced a lot of teams playing well, Houston uh, being one of them. I do think Loyola Chicago is much better than 11 seed. I think they were probably like a 9 seed. But they are also finding ways to win. And so I do have some over-unders. We, we, we want to honor the people that submit questions. But uh, real quick, I guess uh, a minute or less thoughts on this matchup. This time we'll start with Isaiah. Uh, what do you make of it? Uh, number one, I stand by my comments from earlier that you just rudely attacked. Uh, no, it's just that, that uh, it's healthy debate. I, do you notice he chuckled after he said that he didn't agree with you? He kind of gave that like dismissive chuckle. <laughs> like I don't agree with Isaiah that it's the most complete team they faced. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, okay. All right. Did not. No we, way. We, we we get it, Zach. You're Mr. Basketball. We get it. Uh, I mean, I, I, I do I do still think there's the most most uh, the best team Michigan faced, no, just most most complete on both ends. And I think that to that end, that just means that Michigan has to Michigan just has to has to be better uh than they've been in you know, the three of the four wins that they've had in the tournament in this game because Loyola can play both offense and defense. They can they can play. We've seen them play mostly tight games and find, like you said, find a way to win. Uh, obviously, they found a little bit more than uh, a way to win against Kansas State this last game. But they're obviously also going to have to. Michigan's going to have to overcome the the emotion of it uh, because I, Loyola definitely. Ha- I think even though Michigan's going to be very confident going into this game. I think Loyola's got a little bit of a different kind of confidence to them with them getting all of the national attention, uh, all the sister Jean stuff. And I think that's just, you know, they have that feeling of like, we're a team of destiny. I mean, every team that's at this point has to have that feeling, but Loyola is the one that's getting the attention for it. So Michigan's going to have to weather that storm, especially because if, if Loyola, you know, ends up playing, let's actually more so if Michigan ends up letting Loyola, score a couple early the not like how Michigan's let any team do in the, the big uh, sorry in this tournament but more how they'd let teams do late in the season where it seemed like every every first half started with uh, Michigan being down by eight or ten and then coming back and taking it you know taking the lead before the half Michigan is not going to have those types of luxuries against a team like this that's really riding a wave of momentum and I just think that I think that Michigan's obviously a better team. They just have to be more disciplined than they even usually are on this big stage, uh, because they have. I feel like they have more to lose than Loyola does in many, many ways. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I agree. Steve, your thoughts. I mean, I just I just don't see Michigan losing this game. You know, Loyola's run's been awesome. Uh, but again, I think it really, and I know that their defense has been, uh, Loyola's defense has been strong so far in the tournament, but 
again, I mean, we're talking about, you know, Michigan has not hit their offensive stride yet outside of the game against A&M. And I just, I feel like even if they, like, they don't have to, you know, you look at Montana, Houston, Florida State, and then compare that to A&M. Like, they don't even have to rebound all the way to where they were against A&M to win this game. They just have to rebound to an extent to, in my opinion, to, to win. Um, and, and I think I think they will. I, I just, I don't know. Part of me just doesn't see Loyola Chicago in the national championship game. It just sounds kind of <laughs> crazy to me, to be honest with you. I, I, again, I just, uh, you know, there's the, the other thing, the other thing, too, uh, that came out after the game last weekend was, you know, the Yaklich kind of knowing yeah. Loyola pretty well. They, you can't two and zero against given, them last season, right? And given you know that we know as Mich- covering Michigan more and maybe no more than almost any other program in the country is that you know coaching can make a huge difference in these games, and it has, you know, and and you you already know what Beeline's capable of, uh, you know, we know what Yaklich has done on defense, you know, having that kind of in. With the with an opponent that most schools wouldn't know jack about at this point, uh, I think is something that may play to their advantage as well. So, uh, key will just be yeah, the key will just be avoiding a slow start, and, and that doesn't mean they have to get out to a big lead. I think it just means they can't get out to a big deficit. You know, you don't want a a team like this. You don't want to feed, you know, feed into it early on. You kind of want to right away kind of start to try to impose your will. So. Uh, and Wagner's just due, I think. Uh, he's due to have a big game. Uh, you know, maybe this will be it. You know, I just think he's been he's been scoring, but it's been you know kind of what do they call it high high volume score as far as taking yeah. you know, a lot of shots, get a lot of points. So uh, you know, I think some more efficient play from him is it's not a certainty, but I think it's a likelihood. So. Uh, I, I mean, I like their chances to win. I think what the spread's at about six. I think they cover slightly. Yeah. They'd be like the Florida State game. I think they'll be up by 10 to 12 late. Loyola will try to make a run and cut it a little bit, but I think Michigan will hold them off. Yeah. I guess uh, regarding Yaklich, he was at Illinois State for four seasons. And in his final three seasons, so after you know he got dust settled and actually got used to coaching in college, Illinois State was 6-0 and against Loyola Chicago. Now, Loyola Chicago wasn't this good those years, but but you are looking at someone who who at least knows what the Ramblers do. I think that's significant. Uh, yeah, I look at this matchup. I mean, it, it it's this is not a dig at Loyola Chicago, but it kind of reminds me of Montana, where they're going to have a little bit faster bigs, and they they probably can shut down Mo Wagner if they need to, or if that's like their if that's like priority number one to them, they probably can do it. Uh, but Michigan, I mean, really, if if they if they show up, and I'm sh- I mean, there's a lot of teams that have said this already, but if they show up, you know, they're gonna have a really good shot at, at winning this game rather comfortably, because uh, I think I think you know Loyola Chicago, they're they're a turnover prone offense. Michigan's offense is. You look at their numbers against teams that get, that turn the ball over a lot. Michigan State being one of them, Texas A&M being one of them. Uh, you know the the games where Michigan's offense is at its best is when it can force like you know 15, 16 turnovers because that's that's the those are the easiest points you can get. And I also think you know Loyola. Uh, I just 
I mean, they don't have the size. I don't. I mean, unless they have incredible three-point luck, and I just mentioned Michigan's three-point defense has been good at limiting attempts. Now it's good at limiting makes. I mean, teams are making like three or four threes all game against them on 15, 16 attempts. It's surreal. So unless Loyola has this like secret potion to to magically you know take that away. Don't think I don't think I don't think they can beat Michigan and and there's also something to be said I think Michigan's preparation is is better than that of Kansas State I think it's better than that of Tennessee or Nevada or Miami I think Michigan especially on this big stage but I think Michigan is a is a better tournament team than those teams that Loyola beat to get here I think I think go ahead sorry no, would you say, I mean, would you agree with me? I mean, I don't, did you watch Kansas State, Kentucky? Uh, a little bit. I was writing. That game, yeah. I mean, don't, that game was such an outlier. It was an officiating controlled game. I mean, I don't think anybody, of any of us three or any almost anybody, believes if Kentucky had won that game, that Loyola would have beaten Kentucky, correct? I mean. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah, it's hard to know. say that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so it's like they've. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and say Michigan didn't catch. I think the biggest break Michigan caught was obviously was A&M, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Right. But uh, maybe not so much Florida State. Uh, I think I think Michigan would have had a good shot to beat Gonzaga or maybe Xavier even more mm-hmm. uh, if, if Xavier had made that run. So, you know, but, but you know, Loyola's caught. They had their moment against Tennessee – I believe, but yep, yep. really, uh, I don't, I don't know. You can not say untested, but just the breaks have gone their way so far in the tournament, and they, they have not done it while not playing their best ball, like Michigan has. I guess is the, yeah. is the best way I could put it. Yeah, so. I, I think that's true. I mean, we saw, I saw that Kansas State game. Like this team beat Kentucky because I didn't watch the Kansas State Kentucky one. But uh, anyway, let's do some lightning round. Uh, we've got th- three each, and and uh, Steve, I'll let you start. Uh, these come from Via Azul, one of our favorite question oh. askers. Yeah, he's back. Um, and so first one, four and a half assists for Xavier Simpson. Oh boy, under, under. Okay, okay. And then number two uh, for Isaiah, two and a half made threes for Mo Wagner. Ugh. <laughs> uh, he's good at these. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go over on this one. Just, just I think he's due. Okay. Yeah. It's you guys both think he's due. We'll see. Uh, Thirteen and a half points for Matthews. I am going to say over. I think he's just. I think they're gonna key in on him. But I think it's one of those games where he's his athleticism is just gonna jump out. Uh, Thirteen and a half points for Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman Steve. Over because of what you just said about them keying on Matthews. That's what I was just going to say. It's it's Michigan has completely turned into a pick your poison yeah type team. So oh yeah, Matthews I, I gives think, them four. I mean, it's just hard to hard to stop four different guys who can go off for fifteen a game. I think I think Mars a beneficiary as well. Yeah, uh, Isaiah two and a half made threes for Duncan Robinson. Why do I always get these? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. I think he gets two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to tell who's going to make the threes. Uh, one and a half blocks. I, 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 oh, go ahead. I was just, just, just to add, to add it, just because I think, I think Mo is going to be more aggressive to try to get his shot just because of the last game, having so many good looks and them just not falling. That's what's going to be the difference there. 
Well, and one thing that I would keep an eye on is that Duncan Robinson's taller than anybody on their team, and so is Mo Wagner. Mm. Like they're 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 still gonna have to work to get their open shots, but they're gonna be because of their height leverage, it's gonna be a little bit easier to to get open looks. Um, but it's also gonna be their first game in that new gym, so curious to see how that goes. Uh, uh, one and a half blocks for Teske. I think that um, uh, I'll say I'll say under. I don't know how many games he has with with two or more blocks this season. I, he is a good shot denier in that teams aren't going to go up against him. But I think I don't I don't know what Loyola Chicago. I think they're going to probably try to make more outside shots. Uh, Steve, fifty nine and a half free throw percentage for Charles Matthews and Xavier Simpson combined. Over, I think they come through in the clutch. Is that just just for this game, correct? Yeah. Over. Yeah, they've been. Matthews has been close to seventy percent since. I think Simpson's he looked, been. He looked like he looked natural at the free throw line. Yeah. Well, I think Xavier. I mean, he has those. He has a couple trips each game or each weekend where it's like he just looks a little lost. But like he's been above fifty-five percent lately. Uh, Isaiah, ten and a half total minutes for Jaron Simmons and Jordan Poole. Uh, over. I think I feel like it's been over that as it's been, especially with Jaron Simmons. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Jordan Poole is just all going to matter how he does defensively. Right, right. And, and what kind of game it's going to be. Uh, and then one and a half minutes for Ibby Watson. I have no idea. This is based on nothing, uh, but I will I will say under, I think, you know, he was only in the other day because Charles Matthews, I think, had a, I think they had two wings with foul trouble. And so they wanted to preserve them for the second half, rightfully so. Uh, but he also didn't look so bad when he was out there. It looked like a, and and he is someone I've seen it in practice, the open practices that we've been able to go to. I see why the co- coaches keep believing in Ibby Watson because he looks, he's very good in practice. He he makes a lot of smart plays and athletic plays. So I don't know. Uh, any let's see, um, Wilson Mullen asked if. Michigan is fortunate enough to make it past Sister Jean. Uh, what are the three keys for Michigan to beat either Kansas or Nova? I will go first. We'll each do one since we're since we're confined on time. Uh, I would say you have to have Mo Wagner show up because the, those teams are more athletic. They're better. They've been good all season. Michigan needs to be at its best, and it's at its best when Mo Wagner is dominating. Steve? I mean, it does depend on which team it is, I think, uh, because against Kansas especially, Wagner could win them the championship if they play Kansas. If he has a big game against Kansas, I think Michigan wins because, you know, it would it, they would do what they've done to other, you know, Azubuki would be much less of a factor if, you know, Wagner does what he does in, in pulling these guys to the outside, making them, you know, play a little bit more in the perimeter. Uh, against Nova, I think it would just be to – do whatever you can to stay the course defensively. Uh, Nova's got weapons and weapons. I mean, they, and they, they score in bunches uh, and they can beat you from pretty much anywhere on the floor. So uh, I think those would be, you know, I'd agree with you on Wagner uh, as far as Kansas goes and with, you know, like you said, with either of them really, but especially against Kansas uh, and with Nova, I just think buckle down for 40, 40 more minutes uh, and play, you know, the defense that they've become accustomed to playing, I think would be the, the biggest key in that game. Isaiah? I'll take an offensive approach and uh, just say make that uh, 
continue to to play the way that they've won games from the offensive side of the ball, and that is to to really have Xavier Simpson particularly, you know, con- continue to to play the, that end of the floor that he's capable of doing. You know, the the like I said earlier, the dribble drive, the, the penetrate, kick back out. You know, the, the the you know pick and roll, pick and pop, all that stuff that they're capable of doing. Sometimes it feels like when they're struggling, they get away from that start to try to jack up a three, understand the mentality behind it, you know, getting getting something potentially easy that has a big payoff, but they, they just have to maintain patience uh, if, if they get to that final game and have to face either of those teams from an offensive standpoint, especially against Nova. I would say an extra pass really would make a huge difference uh, towards getting a you know, being a little bit more efficient from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I think my uh, one additional key uh, would be Xavier Simpson because Kansas and Nova have very good point guards, you know, NBA caliber point guards. And so him, he's kind of, he not to play off his name, but he's kind of the X factor where if he can shut down someone like Cassius Winston or or he was part of the shutdown of Carson Edwards, I think, you know, changes it changes what Michigan's able to do. Um, that's, that's probably going to be it. I think we could try to dabble in other topics, but we'd be running low on time, uh, here Real in the, quick. oh yeah, go ahead. Brunson, a, a bigger test for Simpson. Cause he's a lefty. You think? Yeah. Yeah. And he's, that's, you okay. know, real player of the year. Like right. yeah, he's having a Trey well, Burke like yeah. season. I mean, he, yeah. He's obviously just really, really good, but just, you know, more from a macro standpoint, being a lefty as he faced a lefty point guard all year i don't know that he has i think yeah. there is something being said that loyal chicago might have a lefty um Interesting. anyway that'd be something i'd have to i'd have to look up a little bit more uh but sadly we probably don't have the time for for football but we're going to be back next week and we are definitely going to have we're going to have a lot of hockey talk and we're going to have maybe some basketball stuff if they obviously they win the title you know probably can't ignore that and then there will be football all spring uh believe me uh, we know how the fan base goes all summer and all fall so <laughs> plenty of time for football uh we'll get make sure to get some hockey ask hockey questions if you want more hockey talk that's that's what kind of drives it a little bit uh oh someone asked uh justin justin denon asked what would the b- basketball team look like with mobamba i don't know but this team set a program record for wins and is in the final four so I'm not sure that it, it matters that much. I, I think it would have been an interesting fit because Mo Wagner's a star center and Mo Bombo was a, a totally awesome defensive stopper for Texas. But interesting, I don't know. I don't think it I don't I think it would have been about the same. I don't think they're winning, you know, I don't think they're going thirty six and one with him around. I just think maybe maybe they I don't know. Not sure. Probably not better, because thirty two and seven in route to the final four with 13 game win streak is about as good as you could have asked for with this team but that's going to do it for the wolverine 24 7 podcast today sorry it's a bit shorter but we did want to get one in while i'm traveling and and while this basketball team's going on so uh check out all of our coverage this weekend from san antonio all hands on deck should be a, a, a good time for us but also michigan basketball where i think we all predicted a win uh and if not you know they're still hanging two banners so we'll see This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. And we'll see you next time.